Thursday's thoughts, Kurt, your yes. favorite. I know. I'll let you go first. <laughs> okay. These are kind of, um, there's a few questions to this, but it's all, it's all related. Okay. You get one question. Kurt. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no, no, Kurt. Um, first question is what was your first R rated movie you saw? And then, then the follow up is when are you going to let Campbell watch his first R rated movie? Okay. And kind of some of your thinking behind all that. Okay. And, and maybe even what what do you want their first R-rated movie to be? Was Jaws R-rated? It was PG-13. Okay. Well, that was the first, like, adult movie that I ever saw. Like, You know, it might be PG. I'll check on that as you keep going. No, it's PG. It has to be PG-13. There's no way. That- well, I'm just trying to think if it came out before Indiana Jones' Temple of Doom because the PG-13 rating was not in existence when when Temple of Doom came out, um, uh, you know, it was one of the movies that led to the PG thirteen rating because, yeah, long story. I mean, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas were both going through a divorce when they were creating that movie, and they said when they finished it, they were like, "Wow, this was much darker than we intended it to be," but there was no in between PG or R, and so the Flamingo Kid was actually the first PG thirteen movie released in a the theater. Um, Wait, so what was Raiders of the Lost Ark? Was it? It was PG. Raiders of the Lost Ark, the very first one, PG. Oh, what about Temple T- of Doom? Temple of Doom was PG as well. Um, okay. I think now it's they've gone back retroactively, I guess you'd say, and it's PG-13 now. But when it was released, it was mm-hmm. PG. See, because I don't, like, I honestly do not remember the first R-rated movie that I saw. Jaws is PG because it was wow. not, 1975. I mean, Temple of yeah. Doom was in the 80s. So, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I wasn't alive in 1975, but like 1984, that, uh, by the way, hmm? 1984, by the way. And it's was the first PG-13 movie. No, I'm sorry. Temple of Doom was in 1984. Oh, yeah. And that's what led to the PG rating. OK, um, well, I don't remember what my first R-rated movie was. Hmm. Um, I'll be interested to know what your answer to that question is. And uh, as far as Campbell, um, how old? I don't know if I would put a number on it, but I think I'll know when he's ready to see a more serious like movie. Um, but I know that it's not now and I don't think it'll be, uh, for a while, but I, I mean, a wise man once told me not to let the MPAA, you know, determine what I let my children see. So I'm trying to, to do that. I, you know, I don't know. Um, I don't know how old he'll need to be. I mean, because not all R-rated movies are created the same, you sure. know. Um, some sure. movies are R-rated because, you know, because there's stuff in them that's just gross. But some movies are R-rated. I mean, The Passion of the Christ is R-rated. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I was going to ask you. Well, first of all, I'll ask you that question. I'll turn your question on yourself, and then I have my own question. But um, what's the first R-rated movie you saw? I'm and, pretty. I'm- and how many RA movies has Will seen? <laughs> <laughs> My five-year-old. Um, okay, I'm pretty sure I was 12. Um, and it was Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Oh, this might have been it for me too then. Okay. Because I saw that movie. Yeah, I saw it in the theater. So did you see it in the theater? No, I saw it on a movie, on a tape. So on a tape, <laughs> I'm sorry. They just sounded really funny. Um, okay. So look, it was released in 1991. So I guess I was 11. 
Wow. Um, but uh, I don't know if I was about to turn 12 or what, but I do know I saw it with um, my friend and his sibling and both of our dads. And so my friend's sibling was a few years older than us, and I think that was part of it. The dads wanted to see it. Okay, the sibling was older. They had kind of done some reading on it, and so we did have to close our eyes in a few scenes, and, you know, it was violence uh, that they were shielding us from. Um, But, yeah, I can just remember thinking it was awesome. And still to this day, I mean, it's, it's a great movie. Did you ever watch Big when you were a kid? I did, you know. I, I you know, they have an F word in Big. Yes, yeah. Like, and it's rated PG. Mm-hmm. And it, that was like that was a big, big like, deal. They, they, um, my parents were like, you will not see that movie. So um, it's so funny. So that became like a movie of like, I definitely want to see that movie. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Okay. So. Um, my question for you is, and I know we need to get with it, but when, do you have any phobias Hmm. or did you have any phobias as a child? Like what were the things that scared you the most? Yeah. I mean, the ones that, that come to the top, I mean, spiders, that's a big one. And I'm fairly certain I already had this fear in my life, but I can remember seeing Indiana Jones reference again, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark at the very beginning when they're walking in the, you know, the cave to get the, um, golden head, uh, the tarantulas all over their backs that I just could hardly handle. And I'm sure I had nightmares about that. Um, yeah. So spiders, I just never have liked spiders. I will say I've grown to not be as bothered by them. And there are some that, you know, don't bother me at all, but still mm, they're just creepy. I mean, the furry ones, I mean, they just Mm -hmm. look demonic. Really? Yes. Dude, I was never as scared of spiders as I was of snakes. Snakes scare me much more. Um, you know, they're it, may, the it makes sense, stuff, obviously. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, like man, I just I I tell my students sometimes like, do you ever like when you're getting into the bed at night, do you ever worry that as you're putting your feet under the covers that you're gonna feel a snake down there? And they'll be like, no. And I was like, well, you will tonight. So, <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> but that, see, that's part of my, my fear of spiders is they can get on you and you don't even know it. Yeah. You know? And so you know just... there's like very few spiders that can kill you. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, but still. There are just... snakes that can kill you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That is true. Um, yeah. <laughs> enjoy that thought, everybody. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. we're going to continue our discussion on fear. But here's a little bit of music from Joe Deegan. We should have had Joe record some like spooky Halloween music, like the, his like a cover of the Monster Mash for this <laughs> or just something like the Psycho music that just blares really loud and quick, so all those who were listening were just swerved on the road if they were driving yeah. or something or like thriller that. Or Thriller or the Jaws theme. Yeah, fell on the treadmill as they were running at the gym. Yeah. Um, or laundry as <laughs> shout out to Caroline. I know someone that goes to our church. He says, Kurt, you, you and John Parrott do my laundry with me every day. And uh, I'm like, I, yes. she, she said that. And I was like, what does that mean? First she said, Hey Kurt, I feel like I see you every day. Cause you do my, I hear you when you do when I do my laundry. And I was like, what? And then she was like, listen to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah. So shout out to Caroline. 
Um, yeah. Okay. So we're talking about fear and I think that there is an inherent fear in having a child and it's because you can't control it's you're confronted with the fact that you can't control things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, when you know that you're not in control and that God is in control, you know, that that's, you know, it like academically, but you feel it, uh, you feel it intimately with your children because you can't control them. You can't control what happens to them. You can't control who their friends are going to be. You can't control what they're good at and what they're not going to be good at. You can't control anything about, but you love them, right? And you want you want so much to control. Um, and I think that is where the fear comes in is that you don't, what if something bad happens to them and you can't control? Every story that I hear about a child getting hurt, I'm not even going to say the ones that I've heard, but we've talked about them off air, but just because I don't want to feed into that fear, but like every story that I hear, John, about a child getting hurt or killed in some way, like when I can't sleep at night, if I'm not careful, that's where my mind goes. Mm -hmm. It's like, what if that happens to Campbell? What if that happens to Grayson? Um, yeah. You know, and yeah. it's, and it, it, it can, you know, it can be crippling and, you know, some of that I think has, so this is what we say we want to talk about, but some of that is because I'm in take, because of my intake, because of what, of, you know, I'm reading these stories about mm -hmm. these things. Um, you know, and I think you do need to, you know, be wise about the world. You know, I think, uh, you know, you send a teenage girl to college, right. You're going to want to have her be very wise about all kinds of things. You know, teenage boy too, but I'm saying like about like, uh, you know, date rape things and, um, you know, uh, drugs and the, how people could take advantage of women in that, in those regards, like you're going to want to educate her on those things, but to think about those things also, you know, sometimes can be pretty crippling to your own psyche sure, uh, and to your, your own soul. Yeah. And, and I think this is related to, um, I, I read an article, uh, from Tim Challies recently. Um, I think it was entitled something like, I'm, I'm a quitter. I think that's it, but it was spelled Twitter, like quitter, of, and he's basically talking about how he's gotten off of Twitter, that he got off of Twitter when he went on a two-week vacation. He just didn't come back. And, you know, he was saying in some of that, he's realized his own just uh, frame and his own weaknesses, that there are some people that can handle uh, Twitter. But but he just says, you know, he, he gets very discouraged to see some of the discussion going on. And, and I resonated with that. And that's why I've gotten off of most social media for the most part. I mean, there are times where I kind of feel like work related. I have to share some things RYM is doing and stuff like that. But, but I think maybe an application here in this discussion is, you know, if you find that you are a person who is more fearful of certain things or already has certain anxieties, maybe you should be cautious about the stories you're letting into your life. If that's on screen, if that's on a podcast, uh, if it's in a novel, whatever, just being cautious of feeding that. And, and, you know, applying this to our children, we've got to know our children are going to have these different personalities and, you know, r realizing which children are a little more anxious and being sensitive to that while also not shielding them from things. But then also our children who might be a little fearless and need to be uh, a little more, uh, fearful and, and give them uh, just some realities of this world uh, that sobers them. And so, Kurt, I know one of the previews we kind of gave to what we're going to talk about today is exposing our children to some of this. And we're, we're kind of talking about this in uh, our conversation. What, what about movies or literature? I mean, 
you know, my mm-hmm. children have picked up the Harry Potter series. And of course there are some frightening images in that, some frightening thoughts. And as they, the stories progress, um, it gets a little more, a little darker. Uh, so Kurt, what are some of the thoughts you've had of just what you want to expose your children to movies, all that kind of stuff? Well, you know, well, I'll just use Harry Potter as an example is that Campbell heard some of his friends talking about Harry Potter. And so he wanted to read them and we started to read them and I would read them to him. And this was when he was seven. Um, and, uh, so I think a little young, but okay. Uh, and we stopped when it started to get scary. He just said, daddy, I, I I'm scared by this. And I said, okay, well let's just stop reading it. And we just stopped. And one day we'll pick it up again. But I think our, you know, I think our kids know what scares them. All right. Um, they know, and Campbell will just tell me, I don't know how everyone's child is, but Campbell will just say, this is a little scary for me. Um, and we'll just turn it off and we know what to avoid. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to let him watch like horror movies or things that are going to put those, you know, terrible ideas in his mind. Um, but I think our children do know what scares them and what doesn't scare them. Um, and are, you know, so this is like young children, like, we haven't even talked about, see, this is a complicated question because like when we talk about teenagers, like I could make a pretty strong argument that horror movies are the best movies for your children to watch, for your teenagers to watch. Um, you know, every other movie is going to deny any spiritual reality whatsoever, where a lot of horror movies have like a clear spiritual dimension to them. And then also that the lines between good and evil are usually pretty bright in horror movies, whereas mm-hmm. they're pretty much muddied in um, in other, uh, genres. So, and I think we've talked about this in the podcast before, mm-hmm. maybe, but, uh, you know, how do you, you know, is it, I think everyone's going to have to make their own decisions about what their, about what their child can be exposed to, um, in order to, in order to protect them, uh, from being too anxious. Um, and at the same time, you know, I think, well, I, I don't know. That's a terrible answer because I just no. don't know. <clears throat> I, I don't think it's a terrible answer. And I think it's a good example too of just uh, the importance of communication there. Like you said, Campbell will just speak up. I don't like this. This is scary. I think that is, that is important. I mean, I'm not getting too detailed in this story, but, but I've allowed my children to watch some movies that, you know, okay, my, my oldest is 12 will be a teenager before too long. And so we've started, you know, getting into the PG-13 territory, uh, some of that with, you know, the Avengers and just the superhero movies. Um, There has been some content that's upset them. And and I even try to warn when something's coming on or, um, yeah, I mean, I'll just say Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I just showed that to my two oldest. And, I mean, that has some, some rough stuff. All the Indiana Jones movies have some kind of graphic violence typically towards the end you know with the the main villain um and i can remember being a child and and being a little you 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 walked in and and your and your oldest son was going kali kali ma and (laughs) no he did that to me i was sound asleep and he was just had that i had a nightmare um but but i think it's important one you know obviously warning and, and kind of telling your children, okay, this, this scene's going to be kind of rough and, and telling them and uh, making sure, okay, do they want to watch this or not? But then kind of the follow up afterwards. And, and I found just the importance of, 
allowing your children to know, again, we, it's a theme we've talked about is that you're safe to talk to, that I, I know for sure our fear brings shame and we can be ashamed of sharing certain things that make us afraid because we're afraid people are going to yeah. laugh at us. But yeah. for for us as parents to go to our children and say, look, it is okay for you to be afraid of this. It is okay for you to be um, uh, just yeah, uncomfortable, whatever, and just opening that door and welcoming them to share that with you and to um, to encourage them to, to share that. So I think that's just an important takeaway from this. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things, I mean, I have only boys, so I have a, and I've, I don't have older children yet, so I have a very limited experience. I think we've said that multiple times, but, you know, I think for me, the difficulty is like, when do I want my child to be brave? When do I want to say like, okay, this is a time where we have to be brave. And then when is this the time where like, okay, it's okay for you to be afraid um, and trying to draw the line between those things. Cause you know, we do want to foster you know, uh, bravery and like courage uh, and trusting in God and not in our circumstances. And so, and that sounds all bold and everything, but really it's just like, you can, you can climb up this ladder. Like I know you're scared of heights, but you, I'm right behind you and you can climb up this ladder or, you know, things like that. Uh, I was just going to say like, cause I, I just keep coming back to the fact that like most of the time, the person who's the most scared in the parent child interaction is the parent, not the child. Mm -hmm. The parent is the one with the most fear. Um, the children might have, their fears might be more irrational. You know, they might be scared of, you know, I remember Grayson or one of my children was really scared of this doll that like, or like this little like stuffed animal. He just, they were just scared of it. And for no reason whatsoever, you know, so that's a completely irrational fear. But most of the fear is located inside the, the parent, not inside of the child. And so any talk that we have about how to deal with that is going to be like, we need to be speaking the truth to ourselves, first of all. And if we're doing that, then that's going to bleed over or overflow into the lives of our children. They need to know that it's okay for them to know that we're for us to let them know that we're scared mm -hmm. of these things. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also they need to see us deal with our fear. Um, mm -hmm. because by the, by us showing them that we're scared one, it's okay to be scared. And then also by us dealing with it, we show that like our, like our fears are not what drive us or not what control us or not the most powerful thing in our lives. So, um, I think it's important to talk about what you're scared of. Um, you know, age appropriately, you know, mm -hmm. with, you know, if you're scared of serial killers, maybe don't enter that into the <laughs> head of your, like six year old, you know, um, or even like 12 year old. I don't know. Like, you know, I, mm -hmm. I remember you talk about R rated movies that you've seen, but I feel like I saw signs of the lambs pretty young and I was like, wait, Oof, like, that's pretty yeah. rough. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know how, I don't know how old I was when I saw that movie, but I just know that it left a lasting impression, which was, um, I, so now I just don't ever leave my house. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you obviously don't go down to the basement either because of Silence of the Lambs. You stay clear yeah. of basements. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so look, something I want to say, because we're, we're going to get into, um, uh, some scriptures uh, to speak into our, our fear and then also our trash on the table segment before too long. Uh, something I, I want to talk about is the fact that, you know, we said fear is a common uh, emotion that we feel that it's in our DNA. Uh, as I think we've said on here, 
you know, we, we are created, and this is, I think, quoting Ed Welch, we are created to fear the Lord, uh, but our sin redirects our fear to everything else. And so fear is this common uh, just emotion that's woven into our fabric, and, and our culture picks up on this. And so, yes, mm-hmm. horror movies, that's why they're positive. I mean, that's why they're popular, because they, they tap into this. But I, I want to say something, too, is that we do need to be aware that the media taps into this and how oh, the, yeah. the the media, and specifically just news, I mean, how they want to capitalize on our fears, that they want to create fear. And, and something even more specifically than just kind of talking about politics or whatever, uh, watch some of the news segments of how they tap into this, of, you know, they'll give you a preview before like a commercial break of, you know, this a uh, common household product is said to kill more children than anything <laughs> every year. You know, next on, you know, after this break, you're like, well, I've got to tune in, okay, because it's most likely inside my house and it's going to kill my children. Um, they'll do segments like that of trying to create this fear of, you know, jeweling, as we've talked about, is being discussed a lot. And there are serious, serious sobering fears that we should have about that. But just be cautious of how... Um, you know, the media will foster and churn up this fear in your heart. So they get more clicks, so they get more shares, things like that. And so we just got have to be discerning of that as Christians. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, uh, what this reminds me of this, um, um, this, this reminds me, there's a guy, this discussion about pain and about fear this I can't help but bring this up, but you know, there's a guy who has gone and found, been stung by, or bitten by the most painful bites in the world, and then he had his sons do it too. Um, I don't know if I know about this guy. Yeah, yeah. So he, um, his name is Justin Schmidt, and he. I remember this is like I vaguely remember him from years ago, but all this discussion has reminded me that like this guy wanted to know like what were the most painful like bug bites what were the most painful like stings to get. And he like purposely endured them so that he could like rate them, like how painful they were or whatever. But then it became this thing where he like let his older sons like come along and do it too. And he talks about how like exposing them to that, like, like exposing them to that pain, like how it was like, a beneficial experience for them because now they know like what real pain is. It made them tougher or whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> I just had to throw that out there because I couldn't get it out of my mind. Um, he's gone. His name is Justin O. Schmidt. Um, and he created the Schmidt sting index because he's been stung by all these different animals. Anyway, I know that's like completely like, <laughs> is that, is that his real name? Justin O. Schmidt? Uh, or is well, he... his middle name is O. <laughs> I know. I just yeah. didn't know if he added that for some kind of, you know, exposure. Uh, just <laughs> kind of a play on words there. I don't know if he's doing something funny there. Yeah, but he's got he's got all these different. You can I think you can look him up. Um, but he's gone. He's been stung by um, uh, by all these different animals, and he's perfectly exposed himself to, to these things so that he wouldn't be afraid of them. I mean, he did it for study, but now he's just, they don't hold that fear over him hmm. anyway. Sorry. I just got distracted. No, that's, that's interesting. No, I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that can be related. Um, yeah. so, Hey, let's segue into some scriptures maybe that, uh, yeah. speak into our, our fears. Um, I mean, the one that 
you know, I think is most appropriate that um, we might have said on this podcast before is just the the command that's repeated more in Scripture than in any other command, and it's the command, do not fear. Um, God constantly telling us, do not fear. Um, one, I mean, that speaks to the fact that it's going to be a common emotion, that there's plenty we're going to be afraid of. But God telling us, don't be afraid. Uh, I mean, so many things, you know, where, you know, I've had children at night who are afraid and, um, you know, it might be afraid of the dark, afraid to go to, to bed. And uh, oftentimes I'm tempted to say, oh, don't, don't worry about it or don't, you know, don't be afraid, just kind of in a dismissive way. Mm-hmm. But what, what I've tried to do is to see, okay, their fears are rational. Okay. They're not being irrational here. There are all sorts of things that could tempt them to be afraid at night mm-hmm. that, that are rational. And so to tell them and just remind them who God is that, okay, you know, if they're afraid of spiders, okay, who made spiders? God. Is God good? Yes. Is God in control of every spider on the face of the earth? Yes. And so instead of saying, oh, don't be afraid of spiders, because there's could be legitimate reasons to be afraid or snakes. We can just shifting our eyes off of what is fearful. <laughs> Kurt's eyes got really big just then to the God who's over that. And, and just kind of practical as parents of just reminding them who God is. Cause that's, I mean, his command of do not fear is rooted in his character and mm. him reminding well, us of that. I was just thinking of Psalm 56. Um, that's when I'm afraid. I put my trust in you and God whose word I praise in God. I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? Um, that's um, Psalm 56, like verses three and four. But one is that the reason that verse comes to mind is one, um, because of the song. I don't know if y'all, is it Steve Green? Is that his name? I think that's uh, right. Yeah. Uh, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you, in, um, who's, in God whose word I praise. Like that is just in my head because we've played it for our kids so much. But one thing I love about that verse is it just assumes that we will be afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't say like, it doesn't say like, um, it says at the end of the verse, it says, um, I will, I shall not be afraid. Right. But it says, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you in God whose word. I praise in God. I trust. I will not be afraid. So like it's taking you through the whole gamut of emotion right there, which is like, I'm afraid I need to put my trust in God. If I trust God's word, I will not be afraid. Um, and so it, it kind of like it tells our children, like it tells us that being afraid is not uh, it's not an uncommon experience or an unexpected experience. And yet God's is the remedy for our fear, mm-hmm. um, our trust in him. And really, it's about like giving over. I think lots of times the fear that we have is just giving over to God these things that we want so desperately to control ourselves. Um, yeah. You know, we, we want these things and it's hard to, we have to believe that God is good. We have to trust him in order to give these things over to him. Otherwise, you know, we'll just uh, rack ourselves with anxiety, trying to control these things, um, trying to play God really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I just, anyway, so Psalm 56, three and four, that's like the go-to. Yeah. And also, Steve Green's CDs are great. So <laughs> little kids, okay. if you have younger kids, um, it's a great way to memorize. Um, it's a great way to memorize scripture. Our son, our older son has to do a memory verse at school every week. And many times, not many times, but more than one time. Um, <laughs> it's That's been, quite, quite a spectrum. there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know how many times it's been. It's been more than one though. Um, <laughs> it's been a verse that, 
has been a Steve Green verse. So we've already, he already knew it. He already knew a song that like went along with, which is, you know, that's kind of nice. So that's kind of a, a mic drop moment for your son when your teacher's like, all right, this week we're going to learn this one. And then he stands up and just recites it in front of the whole class. That's not really his down. style. But, um, <laughs> that would be his daddy's style, right? <laughs> no. Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> hey, related to this Matthew 6, verse 34, uh, Jesus yeah. Christ speaking on anxiety, anxiety being, you know, definitely in the category of fear. He says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. And then what he says at the end, sometimes we can miss sufficient for the day is its own trouble. What's yeah. comforting about that to me is Jesus does not minimize the reality that there is yeah. going to be plenty to make you anxious. There is going to be plenty to make you fearful in each and every day of your life. And he's not saying Jesus isn't like, Hey, suck it up. Look, why are you so afraid? No, he's saying, look, today there's going to be plenty. All right, but just trust in me for today. Uh, you know, do not be anxious. I'm in control. Um, and so just the, the, again, the reality that he doesn't sugarcoat life in a fallen world. And uh, it's just, it's comforting that he acknowledges the trouble that we're going to be dealing with uh, each and every day. Yeah. And I think in that verse, he says, I have it pulled up in front of me, but I think in Matthew 6 is also where he talks about, well, what we'll, do not worry about what will we eat. What will we um, drink? What will we wear? He goes, but at the end of that, he says not to worry about those things, but th he also says, your father knows that you need these things. Mm -hmm. So he's not minimizing our fears, right? Um, the, you know, he's not saying that it's where it's silly to be afraid of these things. He's saying that your father, your heavenly father understands what you need. So, um, and probably understands what you need better than you do. So he's not minimizing our fears. He's not minimizing our needs. You know, I think that's another great place to go. And I think you have to tell yourself those things when you're up late at night. I was up last night, so um, I could not sleep because we have um, our younger child has. I think he's got a cold going or whatever, and he just says he doesn't stay asleep for a long time before he has to sneeze or cough mm -hmm. or whatever. And so I was up with him, and I end up trying to fall asleep beside him, which is never going to work because he's going to kick you and in the back and <laughs> scream out and stuff like that. But like when you're up like that, like you have to tell yourself, you have, I have to remind myself of these things and say these verses out, not, maybe not out loud, but to myself in my mind, um, because my mind will go to like all the scary things that I'm worried are going to happen to them or to us. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and one last one before we get to trash on the table, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Did I cut you no, off? You're great. No, that's, that's a good point. Kind of, as you, you said, just, uh, saying these verses to ourselves, reminding ourselves of these verses. I think one that comes to mind frequently is first Peter five, six, and seven, you know, backing up to six, but specifically seven is, is what I, I think of, but he says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you. And then verse seven, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And just as my mind can, uh, you know, just wonder and just continue to churn as, especially as I'm trying to go to sleep, just thinking about all the things that, you know, specifically in this area of parenting where it's like, I'm just failing in this area. And, you know, did I mess up with my kids in this area? It's just casting all of just saying, take, take these Lord, just take them, you know, take these anxieties, um, all floating them onto and reminding ourselves when it says, and God cares for you, that God is this omnipotent, omniscient, father 
who does not grow weary, who does not, <laughs> is not weak, can handle all of this. And so I know these things oftentimes are valid, real fears, um, but he can handle them. I can't. I'm not made to handle them. He can. And so casting them on him, just kind of trying to flesh that verse out a little bit more uh, is helpful. Um, so those are those are some verses that are helpful to me, Kurt. Any others you want to add before we break into our no, I, trash on the table? I think we've, we've nailed it. I think right. we, we got good there. All right. Well, here's a little uh, music from Joe as we segue into this last little segment. So, Kurt, we've labeled this trash on the table. And, you know, as Phil last week was sharing uh, one of his books that was helpful on adoption, he said, you know, he hated to label this as trash. But I know that's just a expression that you got, uh, that it's kind of dealing with nuts and bolts, just kind of some some last minute things as we, we finish things up. So this is not saying this stuff is just a bunch of junk, just to clarify that if anyone's listening. Um, Kurt, do you have some some trash on the table you want to talk about? I, well, I was hoping that you did. I don't really have a lot today. So. Okay. Oh, man. And this is even your segment that you came up with. Okay. So yeah. next week, uh, we're going to be talking to author, counselor, pastor, William P. Smith. Um, for those who listen to The Local Youth Worker, you can go back and hear him uh, talk about his booklet, uh, Obsessed with Your Phone, and uh, just talking about how we can use technology properly and all that. Well, he's coming on um, next week to talk about his newest book, Parenting with Words of Grace. Is that the correct title, Kurt? I've got the book laying around. Yeah, Parenting with Words of Grace. Yes. Building relationships with your children one conversation at a time. There you go. So he's going to be coming on to discuss that book, and uh, I'm sure it's going to be a great conversation. He's such a great guy, and uh, I've gotten to talk to him a little bit and uh, appreciate the book. I've not finished it yet, but I've started it, and it's been very helpful and convicting. Um, but also, to let people know, um, you should t- tune in because you can win a free copy of that book. Uh, we're going to give you details on how to, to win that, but Crossway is helping us out to, uh, yeah, to get a few copies uh, to our listeners. So be sure to tune in. Also down the road, uh, Julie Lowe will be coming on uh, in a few weeks to talk about body image. Uh, So she's been on before and she's great. And then to give a preview for the local youth worker podcast, uh, excuse me, um, this week as well, I'm trying to get my week straight. Yeah, this week, on the local youth worker, Reverend Robert Rowe is on the podcast. Kurt, I know you know Robert, and mm-hmm. uh, he spoke at YLT this last year. He is a longtime youth worker, and he is now working with See Jesus, and he's talking about his work with See Jesus, which is a ministry Paul Miller started. Uh, those of you who have read A Praying Life, Paul Miller wrote that, um, but it's a great great episode. Uh, he just shares a lot of, of his story, but then also what's going on with See Jesus. Um, so you'll be interested in that, but also to let you know, uh, we're giving away some free books from that episode as well. Um, several of Paul Miller's books. So be sure to tune in and find out a, a fun and kind of funny way in which you can register to get a free Paul Miller book. So a lot of free books were given away. Seriously. Hey, I have one question for you as a trash on the table situation. Okay. All right. And this is not related to books or the podcast at all. Um, but 
how do you feel about how do you feel about people who wear sandals with socks? <laughs> I have no idea where this is going. Um, well, I know some people who wear sandals with socks, and so I'm probably not going to answer this question. I, I, maybe I'll just say it's not my style. Um, I mean, I've heard some teenagers, uh, students even say that, you know, they called them Sockos where they wore socks with Chacos. Like yeah. it was, it was a thing. So what, what are you, why are you asking me? What, how do you feel I, about it? Just curious. <laughs> What's your thought? I, I'm, uh-huh. I'm not big on it. <laughs> not big on it. What about, let me ask you this. This is crash on the table. What kind of shoes do you wear every day? <laughs> Do you, what exactly this do you mean? This is trash on the table, John. It's just odds and ends. No, just, I, I mean, like, are you asking style of shoe or brand? Yeah. What, what do you... See what you got. Hold it up to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Right now, I'm currently wearing uh, Olukai, I think is how you say the, the shoe. Okay. Um, they're kind of slip-on, no laces. Uh, uh, part of the reasons... Like yeah, uh, yeah, they... I don't think they'd fall into that category, but yeah, you could call them that. Part of the reason I got these when I go through airport security, I love yeah. these shoes because you know you have to take your shoes off, so they're super easy to take off and get back mm. on. What, okay. what, what what are you sporting today, Kurt? Oh, I wear the same shoes every day. I wear Clark Desert Treks. Um, they don't sponsor this podcast, but I'll shout them out. Are they, those the uh, ones with the seam up the middle? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Marty calls them has called them in the past my elf shoes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> No, I elf wear, shoes have to have the point, right? That curves I, I, in. I agree. Yeah, I agree. but I, I I like Marty. I typically want to side on side with her on a lot of things, especially when it's opposed to you. But yeah, well, <laughs> you, you can get thanks for watch. listening, Marty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, just curious. I might be getting some new shoes. I don't, or maybe I'll just start going socks and sandals. I don't. I, <laughs> I, I do. I mean, okay, we're closing this out. I know, but why did that question come up with the socks and sandals? Because I, I could tell as I was talking about, you know, all the people coming up in the free books, like you were on your computer looking for something. Yeah, I was looking for uh, odds and ends. And I saw a picture of a guy with socks and sandals on and I was like, <laughs> OK, that's a mood. So um, <laughs> that's something. So I don't think I could ever pull that off. OK. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I just have a lot. Of, I have a lot of questions about footwear, but okay. we can talk about it let's, later. Let's keep that. Maybe that'll fit into a fun fact or something along those lines. Um, <laughs> William P. Smith will be with us next week. He goes by Bill Smith, but if you're looking for his book on Amazon, again, it's The Crossway, Parenting with Words of Grace, be sure to tune in. I think uh, we're at least able to give away three free copies next week. Tune in and find out. Kurt, you it's should, always good talking to you. Yes, you, p- people should call in as soon as we get the number to try to get the... Uh, when, when will we have the number? I don't know. Well, we're definitely working on that now. Maybe it'll be in place by next week. If not, we'll have some way where people can uh, register to win. Yeah, it'll be fun. All right, Kurt. All right. Have, have a good day. All right, you too.